As a small business owner, have you ever felt overwhelmed by the pressure of choosing the right hire or leading a team? Or have you ever found yourself tolerating a bad hire because you fear trying and failing again as you repeat the hiring process? If so, you're not alone and you are in the right place. Welcome to the Growing Your Team podcast. The Growing Your Team podcast teaches business owners like you to expand your unique business by teaching you to master the hiring and team management process. Hiring and managing a team does not have to be a challenge. You just have to learn to do it right. And the Growing Your Team podcast teaches you how to become a confident leader who hires right every single time. Now, let's jump into the show where each episode, you will learn tips on how to identify what type of help you need on your team, how to source amazing candidates, how to conduct interviews that lead you to your idea team member, how to onboard successfully, and how to lead every person in your business so you have a team of rock stars who you are happy to pay every single paycheck. So let's jump in and teach you how to hire like a pro. Hello, JV Van Kike here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Roslyn Rance to talk about one of the things I love most, which is travel and how you can incorporate travel into your business and into your team for many, many different reasons. So Roslyn is an Australian-based travel advisor and business strategist who's been in the travel industry for over 15 years. She is the founder of Travel Agents Achievers, where she educates and mentors other travel consultants to grow their business and put in place systems and processes that will accelerate their business and ultimately enhance their clients' experience. She educates her community through live events, courses, and masterminds. She is also the host of the Travel Agent Achievers podcast. Rosalind lives in New South Wales, Australia with her husband and son, and in her spare time, she loves to explore new places on this beautiful earth. Rosalind and I are talking about incorporating travel into your business. We're starting with some of the basics, traveling for conferences, and building all the way up to traveling for retreats. Retreats, which is something that can be very important for your business if you have a remote team that is spread out across the state or across the country. We talk about how to start with low-cost travel and how to build up travel that works for your business. So that way, you're not just getting away and doing work in a place that feels uncomfortable, but really empowering your team to achieve the goals that you want to achieve while you're traveling either as an individual to an event or as a team to an event or as a team coming together for business purposes. So travel is something that is super important to me. I love exploring new places. So let's jump into this conversation and learn how you can make travel a part of your business so you can grow and thrive together as a team. Hi, Rosalind. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. 
Hey, Jamie, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is one of my favorite topics, but I love how the synergies that we have together can really help everybody that's listening to this. So thank you so much for having me. Yes, I am so excited to get into today's conversation because travel is like one of my favorite things. Like I just absolutely love, love, love travel. And that was one of the things when I went and started my business, when I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, the one thing I said is I cannot be tied to a physical location. I need to be able to work my business from wherever because travel is super, super important to me and my family. So of course, we're going to get into all of that. But before we do, Tell our listeners a little bit about you and your business. Sure. So I I really want to come back to that because I'd love to know a bit more about your travel because that is often one of the reasons why a lot of consultants actually become a travel advisor or a travel professional. So, hey, I'm... I'm Roz. I have a travel business. I've been in the travel industry now for about 14 years. I work from home, have a mobile consulting business here in Australia, but I work with clients all over the world. I specialize in international conferences, events, retreats, um, high-end clients that like to do very unique things. Um, But what I love most of all is actually curating the experience for our clients and working with them long-term because for me, I believe as a travel professional, I actually really enjoy the journey with everyone and I really enjoy the long-term relationships that we're able to build because we have this incredible planet. Sure, we may not have been able to explore for a short period of time over the last few years. However, the opportunities are endless and everybody likes to do something different, which is so unique. So I have a travel business, plus I also coach and mentor travel advisors to build their business with the business skills that I have had myself prior to my career in travel, which was in international education. So I traveled the world, but I was the director of sales and marketing for a number of international universities and colleges, uh, finished off in Australia as the director of the Australian colleges for Kaplan education. And so I coach and mentor travel professionals now to build their business so that they're not just creating a magical experiences, but they're actually looking after behind the scenes as well. Awesome. I love that. So tell me, out of all the places that you've traveled, especially when you're doing that that education stuff, what was your favorite place? Oh my goodness. I think that there there are so many places that I recall moments in time and experiences that I've had in different destinations that to come up with just a favorite, like I've I always loved wherever I was to be able to jump on a Qantas airplane and hear the Australian accent and know that I was going home. That was a really big deal for me, especially when I was away for such long periods of time. However, I think for me it's being in Italy, um, you know, I don't sell a whole lot of it, but whenever I'm there and whenever I'm in Rome in particular, I feel like I've been there before. It's really random. Pizza is my favorite food of all time. I could eat it every day. 
much to my husband's disgust, but I I just love it. And I feel as though I can walk the streets in Italy and just know where I'm going. It's one of those really random feelings. So I do love Italy. I love the place, um, but I've had many incredible experiences that I will never forget. You know, being in um, Brazil, for instance, and seeing Christ the Redeemer, the, the big statue um, right. up there was amazing. And to go right up to it, to be in Norway in minus 30 degrees, uh, which is very below zero for you guys as well. I don't know the conversion, but very, very cold. It's like being in Chicago in winter, I think. And um, being there and standing on stage in front of hundreds of teenagers and uni students just showing them the beaches of Australia and saying, hey, this is where we actually study. But having experiences like that for me, um, I will never forget. And I love being able to curate those memories and experiences for others now. So that's that's me. And I think Italy probably would be my biggest one. What about for you, Jamie? Like where have been some of your most memorable places? It is it's actually uh like like you said, it is a hard question to answer because yeah. out of the places I've traveled, like there's been things I love about so many of them and those memories that I had. Like when you were talking about Italy in college, I had the opportunity to spend three weeks in Italy with a uh, with the travel course for school. So it was a group of us that went over there for three weeks and about a week of it, we were in Rome. So those things that you're describing, we ate pizza mm-hmm. every day for lunch, probably yeah. for the entire three weeks. We, <laughs> we And it was like, what you said about Rome, like 100%. I feel like after being there for, for a day, we went on a quick little tour. It was like, oh, we know our way around here. And it's this huge city and you knew where you were going and you felt comfortable just walking around all this, all the time. And so what you're saying, like, I felt that too. It was an amazing experience. One of the things that I really love about travel is being outdoors and just seeing nature and the different places. And, and just like, as long as I'm experiencing nature, I think I'm really, really happy. This last summer, we went to Colorado in the United States. So we went to Rocky Mountain National Park, and that was just amazing. Just being there, you're on one national park and being able to see these like different climates and everything from like the meadows at the bottom all the way going to the very top of the mountain where it's the middle of summer and there's snow. And it was just crazy and and it wasn't that far from home, but it was just such an amazing experience and just the beauty of the nature there. Yeah, I, I love Colorado. I love, um, you know, the the Rockies as well. I personally love snowboarding, but every time I travel internationally, whether it's to North America or to Europe and I'm snowboarding or even Japan, like I love the powder in Japan, but I love being there and going, I wonder what it's like during the summer. I want to, because I love mountain biking with hearing you say that you love being outdoors as well. One of my favorite travel experiences is um, cycling 500 kilometers over five days through Thailand for a charity called Hands Across the Water. I mean, it's incredibly challenging and tough, but being out in nature and in rural communities, uh, I've not only cycled there, but also through Vietnam and Cambodia with a girlfriend. I did that twice. I don't know why we went back the second time. That was really crazy 
because I was there and I had my own business at the time. So I had my laptop on my bicycle. Like, can you believe it? I was like cycling and working at the same time. It was really nuts. But I think the things that we do and being able to travel, it just makes your whole life so much richer. And I do not take it for granted at all. I feel very privileged that I have the opportunity to do that. But even if we are able to do things that are close to home and just experience something different and unique, I think opens our world a whole lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Especially like the close to home part is sometimes you're just too busy with your day-to-day life that you don't actually appreciate what's around you. Like even I live in, I live in Florida. I live two miles from the beach and typically we go to the beach when people are in town and we're taking them to the beach. And it's one of those things you're just, you're just busy. You're just going, you're going, you're going, and you don't appreciate what's around you. And so we, we've recently started been taking opportunities to say, let's be tourists in our own city and explore what's here. And even the town that I grew up in, in New York, there are fantastic hiking trails that I never once went on when I was growing up there because, you know, you just, once again, in your day-to-day life. So true. I was just in Florida in uh, January. I took the whole family over there for a holiday and we spent all the good part of, um, I would say almost two weeks traveling around Florida. So we experienced the whole lot, north to south, east to west. Absolutely loved it. It was so good to be over there. But I'm like you. I live across the road from the beach here in Australia and I can see it. I can smell it. It's one of my happy places. So, But I also understand that, yeah, I may not get over there all the time. It's something that I'm very conscious of now, like you as a small business owner, that We need to take the time for ourselves. And I love, even with the podcast here, how you're talking about your team and growing your team, that by having people that can support you in your role, it can actually, or in your positions or jobs or whatever it is, your your actual day-to-day business, it allows you that opportunity to actually step out sometimes. And I think as small business owners, we get so focused in the operations and the day-to-day and the doing that we find it hard. I know I do sometimes to actually appreciate what we have around us and step away from things. So yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, And I just love that you said that because that is a perfect tee up to the guest episode that's going to be coming out right after this. So keep an eye out for the next guest episode. It's going to be with Mary Beth. Uh, And she is specifically talking about kind of creating contingency plans for your business. But she says one of the reasons why it's so important for small businesses is so you can actually take that vacation and take that step back from your organization because you know you have people that you can trust. So be on the lookout for that episode. It should be coming out in a few weeks once this one is is live. So, oh, I'm so excited you said that. Tie it all together. But yeah. so I'm here to help. Yes, perfect. So let's dive deeper into why you're here today. And I think this is perfect because not only as business owners, do we need that opportunity to kind of to travel and get out there. When I've been working with a lot of businesses lately, some businesses are going fully, fully remote. And there's those opportunities to travel and bring your team together, whether it is for kind of some recreation and time, like for team building and things like that, or bringing people together for those like retreat team meetings and and where you're just having that opportunity to collaborate and get in person because you're not in person all the time. And so I just really want to dive more into that of like how business owners can really bring travel into their their normal operations and why that's a benefit. 
Yeah. I want to preface this by speak to your accountant first, <laughs> whether, yes, whether travel can be part of your, you know, day-to-day operations in business. But absolutely, I think um, travel advisors have a very special role. Like for me, I love being able to curate the experience for someone because they may not be able to think outside the box. And as you said, having remote teams and the opportunity now as small business owners, a lot of us are able to hire remotely and hire talent, whether that is, you know, down the road next door to us, um, you know, interstate, across the country, or even across the globe. I know with myself, I have team that are based in the Philippines. I'm in Australia. They are like family to me. We've been working together for years and years, but it's an opportunity for us to actually come together. And when you are a small business, you may not be thinking that, oh, I need to now travel as well. I may not have the money for this. I How do I make all of this work? But what I think we are craving more than ever right now is that connection. And we've spent so much time on Zoom and on the internet and enclosed in our you know, local or, you know, environment where we're sitting. You know, you might have your office in a bedroom and next door is actually where you sleep. But being able to have that human connection and see people again is something I think a lot of people are craving right now. So from a business perspective, I firmly believe that if you have the opportunity to be able to connect and see people in real life, whether you're going for a conference or whether you are bringing your team together, then you will find that the conversations are much richer. You get to know people a lot deeper. And whether it is for an experience, you know, if you all live locally together, go go go-karting together, do something fun, do something you wouldn't normally do, or go out for a nice dinner. Even just being able to work together, if you do all work remotely but locally go to a coffee shop together once a week or once a fortnight and actually have that connection and collaboration because that's where ideas really come to life and I think as staff members they become more invested in the business as well yes yes I love that it's getting out of the norm can be where the ideas come to life like I even remember this was probably about 2019 um this business group that was forming at that time started having just like pop-up co-working days at coffee shops where, you know, anyone could come and just hang out together. A lot of people that even at that point in time were starting their businesses at home. And there was actually this one small business that they had an office, but they came to this uh, pop-up coffee shop co-working day and they still worked together as a team there. And the heard the owner talking afterwards and she goes, we got so much done today. We were able to be so productive and so collaborative because we got out of our norm and we were in a yeah. different place. And that being in a different place inspired creativity. And we were able to finally like flesh out ideas that we've been struggling with for months. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Having that different location sparks ideas, it sparks enthusiasm, it regenerates and fills people's cups. I know for me, if I'm actually stepping away from my business and I go to a retreat or I'm hanging out with different business groups, um, the ideas just come. And when I come home, my husband will often say to me, oh my gosh, where have you been? What have you joined? And I'm like, I am so overflowing with ideas and excitement and energy and enthusiasm. It's like a completely different person because when we are working just day to day, 
our cups, my eight-year-old son says to me, mom, I, you know, I said something nice to somebody today and it really filled their cup. And I love that because that's what we talk about as well at home. And he shares with me if something happens to him. But for me, that's when my cup really gets full and I can be able to give so much more to so many more people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I like when you were talking about you giving ideas there that okay, we're small businesses. We might not have that budget for huge travel yet. And I think it's important to start building it into your budget. Start building into your budget when you have a team, things to that go towards your team, the outside of their paycheck, but go towards their team. It's important to build in and build it in, work with your accountants, figure it out and have that bucket grow as, as your revenue grows. But you mentioned like it can be something small, taking your team out to to dinner, going go-karting, something like that. Like it doesn't have to be a cross-country trip. It doesn't have to be taking every one of your team members on a ski retreat or things like that. It can be something oh simple. Oh my gosh, how cool would that be though? Right. How cool would that right. be? Let's all go on a ski retreat together. <laughs> well, I remember I back when I was in be. corporate, like the one leadership team did that. They went on a ski retreat and they just loved it. Cause like, once again, like we're in Florida, a lot of these people had never really skied before and just hearing about their ex- stories or their stories and their experiences and it was just like, like for them, you could see how much it impacted them in a, in a positive way that they were a leadership team that was working probably sometimes 70 hours a week and the work could sometimes, even though they loved it, be draining. And then the fact that like this was able to just energize them and lift them up and really say, all right, you know, kind of we we appreciate you. Let's focus on you for a few days. Yeah, absolutely. I I remember I sent my whole team in the Philippines um, canyoneering together, actually. And a lot of them can't even swim, but they had the best time with their life jackets on and, you know, jumping off rocks into these canyons. And it was one of the best experiences that I know that they've had. But I also look at it from a lot of companies that I work with. And as a you know, I mentioned it doesn't have to be a big deal, but even just sending coffee vouchers, for instance, to team members and saying, let's all jump online at this particular time or sending, you know, gift baskets and let's all make a meal together. If you are having to be remote like that, you can still do things remotely. But if you're able to come together, then from a travel perspective, there are the opportunities are endless. You know, I've created magic experiences in so many different places from the leadership teams, like you say, but also full company retreats. Whether you've got three employees or 300, it doesn't matter. I think that's the opportunity really to come together. But knowing your numbers is probably the biggest thing. (laughs) Right, exactly. And that's important with all parts of business. Know your numbers. And if you're not good at it and you don't have an accountant or bookkeeper on your team, go get one. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes, definitely. So let's talk about like some of those things. So, okay. We have money to do something, some sort of retreat for our team. We've never done one before. Do you have any ideas of where to start, what to look for? Is it things like you go to retreat and you rent a house and everyone stays together? Is it normal for people like go to a hotel? Like what are, what are some of the norms? Like how do you guide people or I don't know, like, where do you even start when someone comes with you and it says, help us plan a retreat? 
Yeah, it really does start with that conversation. So I would definitely suggest speaking to a travel professional that understands what it's like working with companies or corporates or small businesses, but also somebody who can understand and listen to exactly what you're looking for as a business owner, because there is no one size fits all. There is no right or wrong answer. And it really does come down to the company and the culture that you've created, as well as who you are as humans, because what will work for one company won't work for another. So like you said, do you hire an Airbnb or do you hire a big luxurious property for a week or a couple of nights and bring everybody together there? Well, uh, is everyone going to be comfortable sharing, you know, bathrooms? bedrooms or are you going to have to have your own? Does it need to be a 10-bedroom place compared to a five-bedroom? There are a lot of questions and conversations to have around that to find out what is going to be right for you and your team. Alternatively, are you looking at a hotel and does that hotel, you know, need to have certain facilities? Does it need to have a small conference space? Does it need to have um, areas that you can all just go and lay around in the lounge together or that's a private space that you can have private conversations? Or is it more collaborative that it doesn't matter if you're in the buffet restaurant and you're all there for breakfast together and the conversation just continues and you pull tables together and like there's a lot of questions around that, that it's great to be able to understand exactly what you're looking for so that a travel travel professional can actually curate the right experience for you. Because the worst thing is, and I say this with love, is going to a destination or a place and it's totally off-brand. It is not what you're looking for. And you you get there and it's you everyone just has a miserable time. It's important to have that conversation with employees and say, look, this is what we're thinking of doing rather than just springing it on them because there will be some people that are traveling with a CPAP machine that are like, I do not want to be hanging out with everybody else because I'm keeping that private to myself. Right. There are just little nuances that some people will not be comfortable traveling with their team, you know, or they, they don't want to go and hang out. They love just what they're doing and connecting then and there, but they might really like to go and play golf together on a weekend or let's bring our whole families together is it a family environment and bring the families together and let's all go on a picnic or are we going to turn it into a holiday together and we all go on a cruise there are just so many different options that having the conversation whether you are a small medium-sized business it doesn't matter but understanding and having a travel professional actually listen to what you're looking for to help ensure that that experience is going to be the right one for you. Ooh, and I feel like that is so important. And then if there's something that you build into your culture, you can kind of talk about those types of things during your hiring process as well. So you make sure that you're not bringing someone into your team that is then going to be like completely against, you know, what you what you like doing and what that culture is. If um, you know, if you think back, uh, we had Oh gosh, it was, I think over a year ago now, John Howard on the podcast, and he was talking about growing his business and his team is really like a family. They hang out with their families together on the weekends and everything. And I know there was a client that I recently had where that was like one thing, their team is like family and they do, some of their team literally is family and then the rest is like family and they hang out outside of work. And those are some of the things like when they, when they go to hire people, 
they talk about that. They make that known because if it's one of those things that someone's not going to fit in that culture, they're not going to be comfortable being there. And when you're right. a small business, you want to make sure people are comfortable. I think when you get to those large companies and you're, you're a thousand person company, you're not always going to be hanging out together on the weekends as family because that's a lot of people. So the person who doesn't <laughs> want to do that can still fit in fine with the job and with the team and everything in the office. But yeah, for those small things, it's important. And knowing who you are, I also love, like you mentioned, like communicating with the team and asking what it is that they want. So you're not planning something that doesn't work for them. And just like two examples that I have recently that came up that just remind me of that is one of my clients, they do a leadership retreat. I think it's twice a year. And one of the people that we were bringing in was a part of the leadership team. So that they would be, one of their first assignments would be going to attend this leadership retreat. And their leadership team at up to this point had been all men. And this was the first woman that was coming onto the leadership team. And so one of the things that the business owner thought about and that we were able, once they were making that decision on who that candidate was, and we were waiting to that start date was reaching out to them to say, hey, this retreat, they just get a house. Everybody has their own room, but they get a house and they want to make sure you feel comfortable staying in that house with everybody. If not, you know, they need to go back to the drawing board and they'll figure that out, but they want to make sure that she was going to be comfortable. And if she was going to be like, no, I don't feel comfortable staying in a house, even in my own room when everyone else is men, that they would, they would change the plans for that. Recognizing that once you add that new person, the dynamic can change. Absolutely. And the other thing where I think it's really important to think about who's on your team and what they can do is I was recently part of just a, it was a leadership organization, but we had an end of year kind of like one day retreat where we went out to do an activity and we went zip lining. And the problem was with zip lining, there's a weight limit. And there was actually a good number of people that could not go zip lining because they were over the weight limit. And the weight limit was actually probably a lot like lower that you would like that I would have really thought would be like, but we had a lot of really, some of them were just tall men that because they were so tall, not even big, just tall, they were over the weight limit. So some of those things is like, think about who's on your team, what they can do and look at restrictions for those activities to make sure your team can actually do it. And you don't have to be like, okay, it's that awkward moment. Well, we're going to go do this. Uh, go yeah. entertain yourself until we get back. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really big inclusive conversation to have. Yeah. 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 So, okay. I I loved all those those tips and everything that you gave about, you know, just really how how to find the right, right retreat, the right activities for you. And it is, it is like, it's these things are so powerful. These retreats, this time away. Like I even remember I was I was unfortunate when I was in corporate that when they our leadership team came together, they brought everybody else down to our office. So for us, we didn't leave and go anywhere. But my husband, like some of the companies that he's worked for, so right now he works for a company that they used to be mostly in office, but they realized through COVID that they could start having team members everywhere. So we're in Florida their company is all the way over in California and they have a bunch of team members like in between and everything. So they're not all in California anymore, but they brought their entire team together for a week. I believe it was in September. And he said it just made a huge difference because before the team only knew each other through electronic means. And 
their software developers, like they hardly ever even turn on their video during, during meetings. So they're, they literally just know each other by voice. And mm. he said, getting together and just seeing each other face to face and sitting down and having a drink. And he got in there because uh, of the, the flights he was had to take a day before everything started and meeting up with one of the team members. And they, because we love to rock climb. So they went rock climbing together at one of the local gyms there. And like, and he said, just being able to have that connection and in those completely informal settings that you never get to have so much during the workday when you're working remotely, like you might have little conversations here or there or chat through Slack or whatever your chat tool is, but to just be able to sit down and have a long conversation with somebody, he said it, it just, it changed the dynamic. It was amazing. And then one of his previous companies, they actually invited their entire team plus everyone got a plus one to, uh, I think it was a two night, like three day retreat. And it was, it was just amazing being there. They had a bunch of stuff where it was for like everybody. So the spouses too, we did some charity things while we're there. And then they did have some company meetings where those like, all right, spouses go off and do your own thing. And they went and did company meetings and everything. And it was just, it was a nice time to get away. And once again, that they were able to be energized and just interact with their team in ways that they don't interact in the office. Correct. It really builds deeper connections. And I think as small business owners, it's an opportunity for longevity as well, because it's those conversations and those relationships that are built and strengthened in those moments that really just lengthen tenure as well, because people will either, I mean, they'll either like each other or they won't. So, you know, that can be another conversation. However, I really believe that having travel as part of your company culture or experiences or just part of the mix to bring everybody together can really strengthen relationships and build companies and build them for better. Yeah. When um, companies are traveling and they're paying for this expense to get their employees together, do you think there's a proper mix of how much time should be spent on work versus how much time should be spent on play? Again, definitely speak to your accountant because every country is different. And I know that here in Australia, for instance, if we're going on a company retreat or conference or you're going away for an event, you have to have a certain amount of hours that are technically work related. Um, So you may not be able to consider going ziplining as a company expense, but definitely talk to your accountant to make sure that you are doing the right thing with it. Um, I, I think though that it's, it's a mix that every company is different. You'll find that there are companies that take their employees and their team away for, you know, three days and you spend half days of each of that doing company work or planning and brainstorming or reflecting back on what has been or what's coming up in the future. And then they might spend the other half a day doing something else together for team building. So every company is different. There are others that just want to go and get it all done and make sure that everything is nutted out away from the office environment. So they might spend two or three full days just working on the business and they just celebrate at dinner at night. Um, And everybody is different. So it is back to that conversation and curating an experience that is going to work for the company and also the employees. 
Awesome. So, okay. I know we talked about retreats and things like that, but I know earlier on, you also mentioned the conferences. So do you help it when companies are wanting to take a large number of their people to conferences or even uh, people that are going in like to trade shows, like helping them really organize that, that travel part of it. And like, what else are you going to do there besides just go to this conference? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's all of the things when it comes to travel. I know for me and our business, yes, if you've got to go to a, a trade event, then we can coordinate all the travel. Um, a lot of the advisors that I work with are doing things like that day in and day out. That's just part of what we do. We help coordinate and just make life easier. And that's one of the things that I love about having a travel advisor on a, a team. So we are an extension of a company's team. We're not necessarily involved in it in the day-to-day operations, but we're an extension. So we're like a contractor and we have the specialist skills to ensure that, you know, you are getting to the right place on the right time, um, on the right day. I just had this example yesterday with my own husband. So I'm a travel professional. I've been doing this for years. Whenever I'm away, I feel like I'm tour guide Barbie because I'm coordinating everything and running around looking after everybody. But for my husband, he had to go away very quickly, hadn't organized his accommodation. And he's like, oh, it's all right, babe. I'll do it. I'll do it. No worries. That's fine. I'm like, okay, look, I'm here. If you want me to organize it for you, I will do it. That's no problem. Well, of course, yesterday morning when he woke up just before he left, he'd organized the wrong night. He'd booked for the night previously in the destination. And then he's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll just call the hotel and see if I can get my money back. I just shut my mouth and go, you know what? They're not going to do that. They're actually not going to give you your money back. You stuffed up. It's your fault. <laughs> and he was not impressed. But then he got to the destination yesterday afternoon and he calls me and he's like, I don't know where to stay now. I'm like, babe, I love you. I will just book something for you. But I think as travel professionals, like that's a, a very classic example. I think we've all done it where we've just gone, I just need to book something and get it done. And, you know, it's the last thing on our minds. So we might stuff it up. But if you go to a professional that does this day in and day out, it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg to have somebody that's an extension of your team to coordinate that for you. But it takes off so much pressure and anxiety and stress around what travel can be. And particularly now, whether you are traveling domestically or internationally, there are so many rules, regulations, understanding what's happening here. If there's a cancellation, what do you do? Um, do you need particular visas to go somewhere? I'm arriving at 3am in the morning. Do I need to get a hotel room for that night or the night before? How does it all work? And having somebody there to support you in that, it allows you as the business owner to focus on what you do best. And this is one of the things that I talk about with all of the companies that I work with. Allow me and my team or the advisors that I work with, just focus on what we do best. I'm not a engineer. I'm not an accountant. I'm not, you know, anything like that. I'm, you know, that's your area of expertise. I don't come in and say that I can create an app. Like that's just not what I do. I would go to a professional and I would go to somebody who knows how to do what they do and I would pay them to do that. So this is where I just see it's an exchange of value and working with somebody that actually knows what they're doing. Allow somebody else yeah. to just take that weight off your shoulder so that you're not going to stuff it up. <laughs> Right. It's one of those things we talk about all the time, like when it's a sign that you need to hire and some of it is kind of like 
that skill set or knowledge base, then sometimes it's just, you don't have time to do it. So hand mm-hmm. it over to an expert. Just like you said, yeah. you're not a software developer. You're going to hand that off to somebody else. Like let someone else, if you're not, especially if you're not the planner that's on top of things, give it to someone who's going to do it, who's going to know what to look for. And it's, it is so funny that you mentioned that story about your husband booking the wrong days. Cause we, we just had something change with um, canceled on our uh, spring break plans with our, with our girls. And my husband's like, well, I'm just going to take him up to Tennessee for a few days where his family is. And he booked the flights. He booked them for the wrong week. Like I was looking at something and I'm just like, that's the wrong week. And he goes, what do you mean? And I'm just like, and he looked at it and he goes, oh my gosh, now that I look at the dates, they are the wrong dates. So it's like, had to quickly go in and change the flights. And and change it around. And a lot of that, I mean, that just creates extra stress that you don't need. And it also can really add to the cost. You'd be surprised how much it can cost sometimes to change a flight day or change a flight time or change a name on something. And you don't need that anxiety, that stress that comes with it. So just allow the professionals to do it for you. (laughs) I think that's the lesson there, whether it is something locally or it is a bigger destination that you haven't been to before, you're organizing something on a bigger scale. It's not, um, like I, I love to say, it's we're an extension of the team. We don't have to come in and be another hire. We don't need benefits and, you know, all of the extra things that come there. We're our own entities but we can support you in what allows you to do what you do well and allows us to do what we do well as as well. And it is having that conversation because I know a lot of people, they get joy out of actually booking travel and researching and finding out what's going on. I have best friends that love doing all of that. And then they come to me and they're like, so I found this. What do you think? Give me your opinion. Is this going to be okay? And I'm like, cool. Yeah, that sounds great. This will definitely work for you. No, that won't. Let's coordinate and make sure it all works. So there is a part of it that I know a lot of people feel as though, oh, it's just quicker for me to do it. Or I just know what I'm doing. So I'll go and do it. Or I love what I researching and finding all of those sorts of things. But bringing this back to business as well, what I always say is, you know, the tasks that you do, make sure that they are the higher level tasks. Make sure that they're the ones that are actually bringing in the bigger amounts of money and allow somebody to take things off your plate that will be really quick for them to do because that's their area of expertise. But how much are you worth? You know, if you're charging yourself out at $100 an hour, I'm just using round round figures, $100 an hour, $200 an hour, it doesn't matter, $1,000 an hour. But if you're charging yourself out at $100 an hour, why would you be doing a task that costs you $20 or $40 or $50 an hour? If you can be earning $100 an hour, why would you not be doing that and allow somebody to do the tasks that are costing less? Yes, yes, exactly. All right. Well, this is all great. Like, I love it. <laughs> I 100% agree. And I am one of the people that I love like researching and planning travel, but I've used a travel agent before in the past when... I just don't have the time to do it and it needs to get done, yeah. you know? So, so yeah. I definitely say like, it's, it's totally worth it, you know, cause your, your business, you have other things to do in your business. Yeah. 
especially part of the planning process for sure that's really important you need to be part of the planning process and I love that you love finding things and researching and that's a really good conversation to have with a travel professional as well is this is what I found and this is what I love to do and this is what I envision but handing that then off to somebody else so that they can just do the doing allows you the space on to the next project. Yeah, absolutely love that. Yes, exactly. All right, well, we have to wrap up today. So Rosalind, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. Okay, uh, to get in contact with me, I have a business called Travel Agent Achievers. Uh, we've got a podcast, we're on Instagram. You can find us on all the socials, Travel Agent Achievers. Connect with me there. I'd love to hear you know, what you're doing for your business and how you might be incorporating travel. If you need advice or help, please reach out to me. I am here to assist and you know help you in any way that I can. And I also have a team of travel advisors all over the world that I can put you in contact with as well if you're looking for somebody close to home to assist you. Perfect. All right. My final question that I love to ask all my guests, we have all had leaders or managers that have stood out to us. Think of a leader or manager that has stood out to you and share with us one thing about them. Back in my my corporate days as well, so I held very senior positions in international education in my mid-20s. And I think when I became the director of sales and marketing for Australia, I had a female boss and she was the the operations manager. And I, the best piece of advice that she ever said to me was, Roz, we're going into these meetings. You need to know your numbers. And I was in sales and marketing. So it was definitely all about the sales and targets and marketing budgets, but it was know your numbers, actually understand the business so that you can make informed decisions because you will be asked about those. So I have carried that through in everything that I do and in my own business as well is know your numbers, whether it is social media stats through to, you know, your actual accounting and sales targets. But she was also really empathetic and yet firm. So she would call me out if I was having a crumbling mess and just going, eh, having a good whinge. She would be really firm with me, but in a way that didn't hurt. So was very empathetic, a great listener. Um, I will always be grateful to Liz and the lessons that I learned that because I've carried it through to where I am now. Yes. Oh, that is great. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think like the knowing your numbers part is super, super important. And once again, if you're not good with the numbers, you can have someone else create the reports for you. So that way you can just see what the numbers are without having to do any crunching yourself or figuring those things out. But knowing your numbers is so important. And I think it's even good when you're having those days where you're just like, oh, nothing's going right. And then you can look at those numbers and say, all right, today's not going well, but things are going well. Like I need to stop being so hard on myself because we're moving in the right direction. That's right. Moving forward, just one step at a time. And in business, that's all we can do. There are always going to be setbacks. I just look at the travel industry over the last few years and the setbacks that we've had have been insurmountable. But I look at it now and I think so many lessons have been learned. I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so glad that I knew my numbers going through because I knew that I could get through the incredibly challenging times. Yes, yes. All right, Rosalind, thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. I really appreciated your time. I love having these conversations. I think that we're going to be best friends and we're going to continue and we'll, I'm sure, come across some climbing or outdoor adventures together in the future. (laughs) Thanks for having me. That sounds great. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Thank you so much for listening. 
be sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss new episodes. And if your favorite podcast app has the ability, leave a review and let us know what you love about the show. As you wait for the next episode, be sure to follow Growing Your Team on Instagram at Growing Your Team or head on over to growingyourteam.com to access more resources and learn how growing your team can support you as you master the art of hiring.